FGC Hollywood. Stay, Stay classy. Don't you hate it when you pass a person on the highway while just cruising and they pass you back, but then they go in front of you and they go slower, forcing you to pass them again? I had that done to me like three times today. I felt like I was playing shield tag and melty blood on highway 44. I can't escape it. All right, here we are. FGC Hollywood A Fighting Game Podcast episode 45. Welcome back again, everybody. If you're new, welcome for the first time. Nice to have you. My name is Max Bleiser. I am the host of this podcast, formerly the host of TMP, the Max Bleiser podcast. But this is FGC Hollywood, episode 45, the weekly fighting game show that I record here in my dad's basement, hopefully, uh, not for much longer. And yeah. I'm not even going to say that. Normally, every time I open, I say, hey, no, we got a pretty good show this week. I'm going to talk about this, talk about that. No, uh, not this week. Super slow. Nothing going on. So much that's nothing going on. I had to make stuff up, which is not very... shouldn't be unfamiliar to people that watch FGC content, since most of us make stuff up. But uh, yeah, it's Saturday, January 16th. I know I said I was going to start recording this podcast on Wednesdays put it out on Thursdays, but I didn't. Even though, you know, I'm back from the road, I am here, home, for the next uh, couple of weeks before I go back on the road. I don't know, I just didn't feel like recording the podcast, mostly because it was slow, and I just wasn't feeling up to it. I'm not, there wasn't even a a reason, like, I was just kind of not in the mood. So, yeah, I apologize, people who are waiting for the show, but right now it's so weird. I mean, my internet is so whack that by the time I do upload the show, it comes out a day later, which makes me so sad. It breaks my heart. Every time, it breaks my heart. The internet is so trash. But I don't know what I'm going to do with the show until I move. Once I move and I actually have good internet, I know I say this every week. I sound like a broken record, but like, it's so hard to navigate the channel, navigate content, when your biggest conduit to putting out content is absolute, absolute dog shit. It's so bad I'm slurring my words. I'm not even drunk. Anyway. Yeah, not not, not much going on this week, uh, ladies and gents. So if you're here for fighting game stuff, this is probably not the week to tune in to FGC Hollywood. I will talk about some, but uh, this is mostly going to be me ranting. So for all of you TMP listeners, back in the day, this should be very familiar to you. Although I do think that the vibe of the podcast has changed to more so TMP than FGC Hollywood. After I had to make the change with, you know, Pringle being on FGC Hollywood Plus and Broken as well, and FGC Hollywood just being this. But for the time being, it's all you can do, right? But uh, yeah, I figured, you know what, let's talk. I do have some things to say. I don't know if they're going to be interesting to people, but listen, this is my soapbox now. I get to vent on this channel, and if people want to listen, sick. If not, you can stay free. So let's get to some housekeeping, shall we? Apartment hunting. Apartment hunting is so bad here in the St. Louis area. It's so hard. I don't remember it being this hard. I don't know why it's taken me so long to find like the right fit. I feel like every time I find something that could have potential, something along the way just falls apart. So I'm here in the St. Louis area trying to find an apartment, and 
there are multiple factors that make finding a decent apartment in St. Louis difficult. One is COVID. So COVID restrictions, you can't really go see the apartments. Everything is virtual. There's a lot of virtual tours. You're only talking to people on the phone. You can't really go to the office as much for most of these properties that I'm looking at. And St. Louis County is rough, man. So I need like three things that I want, and I'm willing to concede on a couple of them. But I need good internet, preferably fiber, fiber internet, which isn't available everywhere in St. Louis, but it, there is a really fairly big pocket in St. Louis that it is available in. I want like a somewhat shorter commute to work. So like 15, 20 minutes. I don't want to be like half hour, 45 minutes away from work. That's just not fun. And lastly, one of the biggest thing is the crime in the area. And St. Louis is pretty high compared to where I've lived before. So I go on my little crimewatch.net thing, plug in the address for all these prospective uh, apartments that I'm going to go look look at. And immediately I see like a shooting here on Wednesday the 8th. And then there was a burglary. That's one thing I can't do. Like if there's a couple of domestic disputes around the area or if there's whoever, like, I don't know, some kids decided to spray and like vandalize some things. Okay, that's just whatever. That's going to happen anywhere. But when you start seeing like shootings and burglaries, that's stuff that could affect that could immediately affect me so i rather not live in those neighborhoods so it's been tough it's been tough to find the right fit and i don't want to get too desperate to be like well i'll take this even though the crime's a little higher or even though the rent's cheaper but there at least it has good internet i'm trying to like find the good fit the one thing i am willing to concede is like okay if i have to have a longer commute if it has to be half an hour it'll be half an hour but it's just been tough it's been tough i really want to move before march because I want to be able to do persona content, obviously. I want to be able to play the game finally. I want to play all a lot of fighting games. But I also want to start reaching out to people in the FGC and start having interviews. I can't do it under these conditions. So it's tough, man. So if you're ever going to move to St. Louis and you're on my type of bu budget, good luck. Good luck. It's uh, It's been tough. But that's life. Life has tough moments. You know what also is tough? Not so, not, not so much stuff. This is BS. This is really only going to affect the people in North America slash, I guess, I don't know if Canada has credit score. Somebody let me know. But uh, people live in the United States. Credit score is bullshit. It's such BS, man. I So I paid off my car. I, I bought the car in 2016. I took a loan on it to buy the car. And I just paid it off like a couple of months ago. It was like a five-year loan. And my finally you think i'm doing the right thing right like i paid off the the whole loan the car is mine they sent me the title and you know that's a good quote unquote adult thing to do right i'm a responsible adult i made my payments on time and i paid it off and they closed the account on my record and my credit score went down it went down like 20 points because it closed the account so like how it works is that they want to see uh a long like uh, they like seeing old accounts on your record because it means that you have tenure of you making payments on time, which when you're closing an account, it almost removes that record. So now it hurts your credit score, which also, by the way, will affect me getting into certain apartments that require a certain credit score or whatever. So it's just a bummer, man. You like you, you do the right thing and you get penalized for it. Life is a fighting game. Credit score 
is a fighting game. You know, you you block right, and then you got to hold another mix-up. It's like, damn, why don't I get rewarded for my good deed? No good deed goes unpunished. Damn. So that was a bummer. But yeah, that's what I've been kind of doing the last uh, couple weeks, just trying to find apartments and apparently messing up my credit. But also, I've been playing some fighting games offline, right? I can't really play online. Although I have been playing online, not much, but some. But what have I I've been playing? Of course, I got the itch again, right? So ever since the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax uh, reveal, I was like, man, I got to play this game again. I got to get good because I've forgotten a lot about the game. But I started refreshing my memory, messing around with all the characters that I used to back in the day. Good times. And so I'm, I'm studying like Persona 4 Arena Ultimax uh, tech, trying to figure out... Um, how to safe jump again, right? Safe jump timings in that game are a little different for every single character. I'm trying to do safe jump with Narukami because I'm mostly going to be playing Narukami in the game uh, to start off, and then I'll switch over back to Show and Labras. But uh, so I'm trying to that I'm trying to do that. So you got to whiff J2B uh, after any sort of uh, offensive result that will result in a in a safe jump. So any sort of knockdown that will give you enough time to safe jump. So you got to whiff J2B at a certain arc. Move or jumping up and forward, and then by the time it whiffs, you can land with a JB, which uh, requires a little bit of precision, but it's it's not too difficult. What is difficult is I've been also trying to figure out how to do um, EX uh, Mitsuga, which is the the overhead for show. And man, you got to care cancel that. It's so hard because you got to do the dive and cancel the first frame of the dive, and then do the overhead. It's kind of hard. I've been. I, it reminds me of uh, trying to do FRC with Eno in uh, Plus R, where it's almost the same type of range of motion, and you have to be really precise with the way you do it. But you'll eventually get it with with practice. So I I think I spent like two hours trying to figure out how to get consistent EX overhead, and uh, I think I can get it like once every twenty attempts now, which is much more improved than what I could do it before, which was zero out of like 200 attempts so my percentage went up so that's been fun i've also been learning how to instant block on command from crouch because that's kind of hard so instant blocking requires you when you're when you're crouch blocking it requires you to go to neutral and then tap uh down back again and it's kind of hard because if somebody staggers you or if somebody even just lets go of their string then you'll get clipped uh, so I'm trying to get better at not getting clipped with just instant blocking. So go like half a frame to neutral and then back to to down back just to be able to instant block. Instant blocking standing is pretty easy, but you just mash back. But uh, moving from from uh, back to down back is is a little more a little more hard than than in some other cases. I think. But then again, I don't know. Instant blocking is, is you really need to know how to do it and. And Persona, because uh, I think the risk is worth the reward as far as when the meter and the frame advantage that you get by instant blocking. So, what a great game! I love it. So, what else have I been playing? I've been playing some Melty Blood type Lumina, I'm playing online. You know, the new patches out. Aoko and what's her name? Noel, Dead Apostle Noel. Yeah, the Lolly. They're both out. Man, she's kind of annoying to fight, but then again, I don't know the matchup. And also, I play a grappler sort of character like Koma, so he's obviously a little slower. 
But uh, yeah, the game is fun. I think it's been improved. I don't think that the netcode is like strive level, but it's it's improved. And overall, I've been having a good time. You know what I realized about that game is that Melty Blood Type Luna has a lot of things that I love about fighting games. Pace of play. I love the I like how fast it is, and it's not like too fast where it's just like, man, I don't understand anything. It's like Skullgirls. It's like I have no idea what I'm looking at. Or like Marvel. But I love the pace of play. Smooth movement, right? Like it just nothing feels clunky when you're going at it. Like everything is pretty smooth. It's uh it's not on rail, but like you have control, but you can go as fast as you want. You can kind of change it. I find that the damage output is pretty appropriate for what you get. Certain situations allow for less damage, more damage. And it's not just homogenized with the entire cast. Like, I, I like the fact that you can experiment with, well, I'll go for less damage here for the setup instead of just always getting really, really high damage, um, which was one of my bigger issues with a game like Strive, where it's like, man, like everything does a lot of damage and like just kind of hard to to... Paid a diff- played a different pace of play because of the damage in the wall. It kind of just forces you to keep going, you know, forward, forward, forward. Whereas with Melty, I find that I can pace myself a little bit better, and the damage is a big part of that. Um, layers of depth with regards to, like, solving problems, which I really like. So, you know, I'll do one thing, and then my opponent will counter that thing, and then now i got to find a counter to their counter. And then... That's how the mind games start. So I, I like that you find that with Melty Blood Type Aluminum uh, more so in some other games that I've played previously. So I like that I can already see the depth, even though like I'm really low level right now, I can already see the depth in, in, the, in certain matchups. But that also has something to do with uh, what I don't like about the game, which I don't like in any fighting games, is frequent RPS with mechanics like shield, and uh, normal clashing, I just don't understand why the normal clashing happens so often. And it just creates rock, paper, scissors situations. So shield, obviously, you know that the shield RPS is really annoying because it's basically who's going to do what action based off of their shield. And then somebody's going to end up throwing you or you'll get lucky and they choose paper and you use scissors. But I don't really like that. I, I like the depth part where you have to like counter the counter. But when it becomes with a mechanic like shield, which is kind of like brainless, that's that's what I don't like. Where I, I want to think about how to counter. I don't just want to do one button and then it was like, well, I guess we'll just keep playing shield games. And uh, yeah, so I don't like that. The normal clashing, I wouldn't have it in the game the way it is. Or at least I would have some priority. Maybe the grounded normal should win over the aerial normal. But I don't know. That's just how they want to do their game. It's not really my cup of tea, but uh, it is what it is. I still don't like the auto combo. I find it to be pretty constrictive. Um, it's just, it's not fun. I ended up using it a lot whenever I get certain hits just because I still don't know what I can get off of it. And I don't want to drop combo. So I'm like, well, whatever. I guess I'll just mash on A and then until I figure out a better option. But until then, auto combos are just, I don't know. They're kind of constrictive in that game for me. Um, and the game, I find that the game is kind of mashy too, at, at lower level at least, which, you know, I, I'm finding that in order to play the way I want to play at lower level, I already have to find out a way to OS certain things, which I don't think is great for like scrubs like me and, and other people online to, in order to be able to play the game without getting mashed on, 
and just trying to get good to find an OS this early in the stage of development as a player, instead of just playing solid, which how I find most games, you know, as long as you play solid, you should get rewarded, hopefully. But uh, there's too many options I find for newbies to just mash and just not block. Like there's too many options to not block in that game. And uh, I just find that you need an OS. And I was like, damn, I don't even like know the whole length of the game as far as mechanics. And I already find myself in a situation where I have to figure out how to be able to knock somebody down and then not fear the 2A mash and not fear the shield mash and not feel fear the the uh, pop-off, um, whatever you call that, the heat mash, or even like um, the blood moon. So there's a, so many options for people to just like, I'm just not blocking. You knock me down, I'm not blocking. I am doing something. So I have to figure out what that OS is. I'm sure it's online. It's just the fact that I need to know the OS this early is... Uh, a little, anno- a little annoying, but you know what? Not every game is tailored. Like I said, not every game is tailored to how you want a game to play. So I have to like make uh, concessions with that game. But like, well, I got to learn OS. I got to learn option selects. It is what it is. So that is what I've been playing. So that's what I've been enjoying. Good times. I like playing fighting games. It's pretty fun. I wish I could play them online. I wish I could play them online, but soon TM. Soon TM once I find an apartment. What else is going on? FCC Hollywood Plus, episode 5. That should be recorded. It's MLK Day in uh, two days. So I'll probably record it on MLK Day, which will be Monday. And then it should be out on Tuesday. So Tuesday, January 18th, that's going to be FCC Hollywood Plus, episode 5 on Patreon. That's going to be memorable video game moments. So this is not just fighting games. This is going to be memorable video game moments. So... Hopefully, we'll see if Broken Wing and Pringle the One send me theirs. But if not, I have plenty of memorable video game moments. So just to give you an example, there are certain moments in games like, hey, uh, whatever, in King of Fighters, when you first meet this boss, right? And I'm going to talk about that and why. Well, not that specific example, but like talk about like, hey, why was this memorable to you? What does it mean? And why does it why is it something to stick with you? So I have a lot of general gaming moments that I've played before I really, I really got into fighting games that uh, I recall a lot and I I really like. So I want to talk about those. Who knows, maybe before the podcast I'll put out uh, a little thing in our general gaming tab in Discord being like, hey, what are some of your most memorable uh, video game moments? And it could just be like, hey, remember when Dark Link all of a sudden popped up? And you're like, oh my God, it's me. So uh, stuff like that. Uh, I want to do that for episode five of FGC Hollywood Plus. And then episode six, of FGC Hollywood Plus is going to be Intro to Fighting Games. That should be up um, Tuesday, January 25th. So a week after Episode 5, Broken Wing is going to be on that one with me. So we're going to talk about things that you need to um, kind of mind yourself of as a beginner in fighting games. And we're going to talk about all sorts of cool things. Uh, so keep keep that in mind. So that that episode will be on YouTube probably a week after it comes out on Patreon. Episode 5 will stay on Patreon, so that's kind of how it, how it works. So the episodes that it's, are just me normally just stay on Patreon, and I might put a highlight on YouTube, but not the full episode, the uh, guest episodes. So, so far it's been episode 3? No, episode, I think, yeah, no, it's been episode 2, 4, and it's going to be 6. Or at least I think that's how it's been. Those have been on YouTube, and uh, so I had... 
Big Sword on to talk about Final Fantasy XIV. I had Broken Wing to talk about fighting game betas. And now we're going to have Broken Wing on again to talk about intro to fighting games. So uh, that'll be on the podcast channel. And uh, yeah, that's what you can stay uh, tuned for here in the next couple weeks to close out January for FGC Hollywood content. And if you feel to support the channel, you can do so at patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood where you get the whole archive of all of the everything that we've done here. Submit your questions, which are read at the end of the podcast, as well as FGC Hollywood Plus, which is a bi-weekly podcast. One is sort of exclusive. The other one is timed exclusive. I'm like Sony. That's why it's called Plus. I guess everybody's called Plus these days, right? Anyway, podcast corrections. You guys messed up. Nobody let me know. I was so tired last week, or I guess it was more than a week, like 10 days now. Uh, when I recorded that podcast on the road in Kansas City, I said, this is episode 45. This is not episode 45. That was episode 44. This is episode 45. Nobody called me out. I was really tired. So, yeah. That's uh, that's on you guys. You guys should be correcting me with stuff. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for housekeeping. So, I guess all we can do is get to some news. Round one. FGC News. Man, it's so cold in this basement. I think it's like 8 degrees outside and it snowed. So I am like underground and there's snow on top of me. Anyway, fighting game news this week. There is no news. There is absolutely nothing that I looked in my email. I looked on Twitter. I looked on Reddit. I never look on Reddit. I didn't see anything interesting, not even remotely interesting to be able to talk about. Now listen... I'm not in the business to be reporting on rumors unless, like, I might mention them, right? If I find that there is some sort of substantial evidence where to think something is real. But if there isn't, I won't talk about it. Which leaves us in an odd position this week because there is no news. There's nothing. So, nothing that I have found interesting. So, I made up stuff. Why not, right? Everybody makes up stuff. I'm going to make this up, which is, I'm going to call this the Hollywood scoops of the week, the fake Hollywood scoops of the week. They're all headlines and they're all made up and they're all fake. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun with this, right? Because, uh, I wanted to basically fill this time slot and I was like, well, I have no news. What am I going to talk about? So we're going to make stuff up. So we have free three, free. We have uh, three fake news items this week. So let's start with the first one. This came by author Mick Spleaser. Uh, he's a renowned author on the video game website. What's a video game website? I can. Hmm. Motaku. Motagien. Anyway, on October 42nd, 2022, Majin Obama and Pringle the One announced that they will be starting a weekly podcast talking about all things Guilty Gear Strive. The news comes via Event Hubs, a wonderful website that focuses on real journalism covering many different fighting games and certainly not just the popular ones at the time. Majin Obama is quoted saying, quote, You know, ever since 2018, Arxis made a change in how they produced their fighting games. And I gotta be honest with you, big dog, that's the change we needed, and I'm glad to be on board for the ride. End quote. Now, JRPG Hollywood host Pringle the One also added his two cents and is quoted saying this, quote, I don't know, man. It's just like, before BB Tag, 
everything everything felt so stale in fighting games. I was playing some doo-doo butt cheeks games for real, but Arxis really saved the FGC, and I think they deserve to be talked about. End quote. So that's your headline. That's your fake headline. Good for Pringle the One, good for Majin Obama. They've been fighting the good fight against boomers for a while now. So nice to see them join forces and focus on a game that they both truly love, Guilty Gear Strive. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to uh, the the Strive Archives podcast by, by those two. So, oh, by the way, you guys will have to rate these fake headlines. Uh, let me know which one you like the best. Uh, here's another one. Fake headline number two on March Timber. 57th, 2022, Panda Global announced that they will no longer clickbait their views. Panda spokesman addresses the FGC podium last Friday saying, quote, here at Panda, we want to make sure that our content creators are not reaching for the bottom of the barrel with regards to content. Therefore, we will be reconstructing the way we produce our content and are going to focus on original and informative non-reactionary content, end quote. And... That's a, that's a quite quite the stance by Panda Global. I, I commend it. Uh, speaking of original and certainly non-stolen content, Panda Global also announced that they will be signing Rufelmonger to join their team effective immediately as their resident King of Fighters Pro content creator. So uh, good for Rufelmonger. He uh, I know he puts in work, uh, you know, coming up with all those interesting ideas and uh, certainly not uh, curating it from other people's hard work on uh, forums and stuff. So uh, good for him. Um, and we got one more fake headline. So on Mayuary 81st, 2022, Evo Chief Executive Officer Pokimane announced that there will be some shuffling to this year's tournament lineup. While it was announced that Street Fighter Cross Hollow Live version 3.0 will close out the show, it was revealed that the VTuber selectable character by the name of Amelia Watson has a game-breaking infinite. Therefore, the game shall now be relegated to a side tournament and League of Legends will take its place. And here's just a reminder to the uh, tournament lineup uh, during this EVO weekend uh, will look like this. So on Friday, it's going to be Valorant made by Riot, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, colon, A Fight for Senpai's Heart Under the Faded Sky 3, which is, uh, of course, made by French Bread. And uh, Fortnite Season 68 will all be on Friday. On Saturday, is going to be Tekken Cross Street Fighter, colon, Dark Harada Retribution, made by Bandai Namco. Among Us, colon, In the Vents, made by Inner Sloth. And Mortal Kombat 14.5, the final chapter, made by NetherRealm Studios. On Sunday, it's going to be Them's Fighting Herd, Season 6, made by Main 6. Dragon Ball's Fighter, made by Bandai Namco. And of course, closing out the show, League of Legends, made by Riot. How about that? We got some good news this week. You know, I'm glad that uh, the savior of the FGC Pokemon took a stance with uh, with that game having an infinite. You know, I've I've watched uh, plenty of Amelia Watson gameplay, and uh, I've had enough. I've had enough of her shenanigans with uh, with her infinites and her uh, her VTuber synthesists. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. See, this is what this is like the personification of really trying to dig the bottom of the barrel i have nothing to talk about i gotta make stuff up to talk about anyway let me know which fake headline you like the most uh by the way shout outs to everybody who i talked about this is just me kind of poking fun this is not serious at all like shout outs to obama shout outs to rufal shout outs to panda global they're just doing their thing 
I just wanted to make some fun. Not enemies. We're all just content creators in one big pot. You know what I was thinking before I'll get to fighting a topic of the week. What I was thinking, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to. Maybe it was Snowflake. But even though, like, you know, we're all doing content, there is a competitive edge as far as content, at least I find. that, Like, you know, you're still, from a fighting game standpoint, you're still kind of going at it with content, right? Or it's not like we're competing directly with each other. But whenever, like, I do something and then I see something else do, someone else do something that's the same, I will kind of look at their quality and see, well... I mean, they probably did this better than I did, but I think I approached this part better than them. So, um, just that's, I think most content creators probably feel that way because it's tough not to see what other people are doing, right? Which, um, by the way, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you know of more niche content creators, let me know who they are. Cause I am, I actually am looking for more like, quality that's more underground like i I haven't found um it's just it seems to be like a lot of the mainstream gets recommended and it's hard to just find the like the diamond in the rough like i'm sure there's some gems out there that i just i can't see so if you know any like solid content creators uh put them down in the comments either in the youtube version of this podcast or you can join our discord and then shill them there because i am looking for some new blood like it's weird like all i see now it's just Max, Sajam, the Panda Global people, Rufal, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So Lord Knight, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I kind of want to see like we have to have more people out there that are doing good work, uh, preferably if it's, you know, not just Dragon Ball and Mortal Kombat. Like if they're talking about fighting games in, in a general sense, I would love to know those people because... I don't know. I just think we need we need some new blood in the FGC with regards to content. It's it's gotten a little samey almost. So shout out to Clayton. I didn't forget him. Anyway, fighting him topic of the week comes to you after this round two topic of the week. All right, here we go. Fighting game topic of the week. This is uh, not one that I actually made up. So. Normally, I'll take like a news item and or like something that I really want to do and I'll make that fighting game topic of the week. But uh, this week, I don't I didn't know what to do because there's nothing to really talk about. So I figured, you know what? How about I just share my experience for fighting game topic of the week? And I'm just going to call this fighting game lessons. I actually made a video about this a while back, maybe like 2017. And they weren't the same lessons, but I, I do like sharing my experience in fighting games. So I figured this would be a good platform for it. So, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of get into it. So this this is going to be a list, right? It's a it's a list of a dozen. It's not too long, but it's uh it should take a little bit of time, right? I'm just going to kind of explain myself. And as a as a former boomer in mindset, but still as a boomer in age, I want to pass on my fighting game knowledge. It's not a lot, and it's you know not every single one here is going to be valuable to you and yours. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you take something out of it. So, here we go. Number one, everyone has a game face. So next time you're playing someone or watching someone play, it could be on stream, could be in a tournament or whatever, instead of looking at the game and if they have cameras up or whatever, 
look at their face and at the expressions that they make while playing. It's really funny, like, a lot of people have a game face. I think I have a game face where, like, I'm just, like, really serious and it looks like I'm about to take a poop. But, like, uh, a lot of people, like, they do the lean, like, you know, when they're comboing somebody, they're like, oh, man. Um, grimaces, right? Like, I know I grimace whenever I get hit with, like, some either something nasty or something like I didn't see. I'm like, oh, man. So, the, yeah, game faces are pretty fun. Um, but also, it's, it's kind of fun to see human expression because I remember I watched an old clip of mine where, like, I got hit with some scrubby bullshit, like a snake edge, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, the, the look of disgust on me. And it's not, like, it's not meaning to say, like, oh, you're a scrub, that's why I'm looking this way, because I am disgusted with myself that i got hit by snake edge so uh yeah uh game faces are pretty fun so next time you watch your favorite streamer and they're playing online look at their face and see the kind of faces they make in action most people won't make the face while they're on defense i found they'll just kind of wait but uh the offensive face uh i do i do like to see where like people are like you know you have you have the squinter and then you have like the deadpan like this and obviously you would have to watch the video um but yeah it's uh, it's pretty interesting so there's some funny game faces and i can't i don't know which one i'd like the most but there's some there's some really good game faces out there and uh you should watch you should watch some some of them they're pretty entertaining a lot of us get sucked in obviously that's the main attraction the, the gameplay itself but uh the game faces i'm telling you everybody's got one even you mr listener or mrs listener Number two, this one I think is important even before COVID. Fist bump over handshake all day. So I used to be a handshaker and, you know, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm I'm on team fist bump all day now. So at a certain point, you just don't know. I mean, not a certain point. I mean, you really, you just don't know where that hand has been. And you don't know where it's going. Odds are you don't want to know where it came from. So just stay safe with the fist bump. It's easy. You know, you can, you don't have to like, I'm sure obviously there's still germs with a fist bump, but there's probably less. And uh, it's still a respectful tapping like, hey, GG. But the, the handshake, I think is a little, even now with COVID, I think it's more. So like I am on team fist bump. So whenever I go to tournaments and let's say if you sit down next to me and, you know, either I beat you or you beat me, expect a fist bump because... There's no, there's no handshaking in the Hollywood household anymore. Like, I can't do it. I don't know where that hand has been. For all I know, it could have been, like, you know, playing Blazewood and you played, like, Coconut or something. I don't know. Can't shake your hand, man. It's not not cool. No, I'm kidding. Coconut is sick. Uh, I watched the Blazewood tournament. Shoutouts to Broken Wing. He uh, hosted the uh, Broken Tourney series, episode one, yesterday. I'm not a big Blazewood guy. I don't really care to play the game because it's just not my cup of tea, but uh, I was watching this high-level Kokonoi by the name of uh, the Joker. She's actually pretty entertaining. Uh, I didn't like the the, the character of the, the person that won. I don't know what the name of it is. It's like Noelle, but she's a robot. Is it like New 12 or New 11? I don't know. One of those. And I don't know, just too too oaky based too set up. Like it's just, it's just a little boring when all you do is like knock somebody down, put orbs and then let the orbs hit them, and then they just do a mix-up. I like a little more back and forth. So gameplay-wise, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of boring. So I didn't really like Grand Finals. But Kokonoe, even though she does somewhat the same thing, I think her movement's more interesting. 
So uh, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Where am I at? Number three, don't be scared to ask for help. This is a big one, and this is something that I've learned maybe a few years ago. You know, you find out when you grow up with fighting games, and really when you just mature as a person, there is no room for pride anymore in fighting games. Just reach out. Like, just reach out. You'll be better for it. I guarantee you. Perfect example. I know a lot about Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. But when I was like, man, I didn't know that Sho had to care cancel his EX overhead. Because I've always done just regular EX overhead. And I was like, how do you care cancel this thing? Really simple. I Google search care cancel, show me Nozuki, Persona 4 and Ultimax. I found a video of a guy explaining exactly how to do it. I was like, this is sick. Now I have the knowledge that he passed on to other people. I'm very grateful for that person. So, yeah. That's, I mean, obviously I didn't ask them directly. Hey, can you show me how to care cancel? But if they were there, I, I yeah, I would. And uh, I've done that with TFH. I'd be like, hey, how do I do stomp loops? I don't know how to do stomp loops with Arizona and TFH. Or how do I do, like, I think during Tekken, I was asking a lot of people, how do I back one cancel with Lily? Because I see it all the time with Korean players doing it. But I, I couldn't find out how, how you actually did it. And... Uh, Nobody ever, nobody ever answered me, actually. That's that's one I had to uh, uh, find out on my own. But, you know, don't be scared to ask. So if you're in a Discord, if you're in a, like, a local group, yeah, just ask for help. I mean, it's, I think you'll find more often than not that people are willing to help than secretly holding on to tech. Holding on to tech, I think, is like an old-style uh, pattern of thinking. More so... Maybe like before the Street Fighter 4 era, maybe a little bit after the Street Fighter 4 era, like 2012, 2013. And then when Momochi started putting out a lot of his tech out there for people to like uh, basically showing them like, hey, this is how I do my option select for not getting caught by uh, a throw or reversal after I knock somebody down or whatever. So, yeah. I don't mind sharing tech. I think it'll just make everybody better. And here's the thing. If you're scared somebody's going to beat you because you taught them how to do something, that means you weren't very confident in your ability to begin with. So, yeah, teach people because it'll only make you better and it'll make them better. And then everybody has a good time. Like, you don't want to beat up on somebody who doesn't know anything because where's the fun in that? You want to beat people of your caliber as well as of higher caliber. That's where the competitive fire comes from. So yeah, don't be scared to ask for help. Here's another thing that sort of ties into this is number four. It's okay to copy. Everyone does it, right? So and this kind of goes across all facets of fighting games. I find tech from high-level players, content, right? There's content trends on YouTube. I mean, look at TikTok as a platform. Their whole thing is trends, right? They see somebody do something. And then they do it. So, yeah. You don't have to be the innovator is what I'm saying. Like, while it's fun coming up with tech and all that, it's perfectly okay being the imitator. Like, I look at, like, if you look at, like, the way I play Narukami, it's everything that I've learned is from this Narukami player in Japan called Shiki. Like, that's how I model my style of play of Narukami to how I play him in actual matches. So even though I still have a bit of my style, like I'm more defensive than he is, when it comes to setups, when it comes to combos, when it comes to almost everything, 
I'm not scared to say, oh yeah, I learned that from Shiki. That's how I modeled my gameplay style. And obviously there's still some Mac in there where like where Shiki would press forward, I probably would backdash and stuff like that. But I mean, there's, I just don't believe you have to be the one who came up with everything. Like, I mean, it's okay. It's okay to copy. Like I look at uh, certain things that people do on YouTube like, hey, you know what? That was a cool idea. I kind of want to do that. And then I'll just spin it off to like my own take. So if Juna does like, hey, this is how I feel about uh, this game and these characters, I might do that, but I'll spin it off to like a Max Spicer way of doing it. So although, let's be honest, I do find that I do a lot of things. Here's the, here's the problem. And I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything, but I do think I've done things in the past and because I am so small relatively in size and on YouTube scope, I do think I've done things in the past and then somebody else who's a little bit bigger will see that and just copy my stuff. And then I never even get like a shout out. Come on, man. I, I have no evidence to say that that has happened, but I've seen some trends, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, by the way, shout outs to this one dude. Uh, I forget his name, but he's a big like MMO YouTuber or whatever. He used my footage for my Maple Story video from my Maple Story video back in the day, and he put it in his video. He did give me credit though. He didn't link the video, but he just put source Max Splicer, and he legit just used like almost a minute, uncut minute of my video in his video. And I was like, damn, all right, at least cut it up, you know? <laughs> like, it's like 45 seconds of just me playing Maple Story, and he's just talking over it. I was like, all right, that's cool, I guess. But uh, yeah, anyway, what I'm saying, you don't have to be the innovator for every single thing. It's okay to be the imitator. Nothing wrong with wanting to do something else that somebody else has done. Just uh, make sure if you are, just don't steal their shit, right? Just make sure, hey, this is the Shiki tech. Like I don't call like the the OS with Narukami. I don't call that the Mac tech. I didn't come up with that shit. That's the Shiki tech. Just give them credit. Is all I'm saying. Okay, number five. Understand the sacrifice of playing your character. This is something that I see a lot of people, especially in the online age, talk about. So this is an example of whether your character is difficult and. It's, you know, it's, it's cool, but difficult, right? Like I find that with Brian Fury, for example, like Brian is such a cool character to play, but he's also difficult. And once you get to high level, you got to know how to do the hard stuff, whether your character is fun, but bad, right? Like, like Dan and street fighter, like he's really fun, but he's usually traditionally, he's not very good. Uh, whether your character is top tier, but boring, right? There's plenty like Margaret and persona Four arena is super top tier. She's really, really good. But she's boring. Like, she's just not fun to watch. She's not fun to play. I, I don't, at least I don't find. And I don't know how people that play her at high level feel. But, like, that, I think that is the consensus. Is that, you know, she's just not very exciting. Whether your character has high damage but has very, you know, short range. That's a sacrifice that you got to make, right? Like, any sort of boxer character would be like, hey, I'll probably, once I hit you, it's going to hurt. But I got to get to you. So it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be uphill uphill climb. Um, what else? So, yeah, I think I think those are pretty much the examples. You know, you picked the character. So like now, uh, you know, even when I watch footage of like, man, Labrys sucks against almost every single matchup she's faced against. But I think she's such a cool looking character. 
I picked her. And I knew that going in, I knew that she's bad. I can't complain because, man, Margaret just gets to do whatever she wants. But I don't want to play Margaret. Margaret's boring. I want to play Labrys. That's a sacrifice. I made that I made that decision. I have to live with the consequences. I can either play the cool, bad character, or I can play the top-tier boring one. I made a decision. So that's something I see online, and people be like, man, it's easy for you to say you play this. I'd be like, hey, you could play that too. You just made a decision not to. So you can't be salty saying, man, my character sucks because this and that and this. It's like the down players. Don't downplay your character. You chose to pick a top-tier character. Own it. Be like, hey, listen, yeah, my character's really good, but I happen to really like it. I, I think they're fun. So it is what it is. But the people that are losing to that character will be like, man, I just don't think that you get priority, you get this, you get that. I was like, hey, pick them too. Nobody's stopping you from picking that same character. You don't even have to stick with them. Pick that character to beat that character and then go back to your cool character. So... Just understand the sacrifices of making your pick. Number six, this is important. Play to improve, not just to win. This is something that I've I've learned maybe like two, three years after rejoining the FGC uh, in like 20 after like 2011, 2012. I playing to improve is really important because the the goal for most fighting game players and really i think most competitive things is to win right if you ain't a winner you're a loser right if you ain't first you're last fighting games i find a little bit different because you can't win all the time and not every win is weighted the same right like i can beat somebody who sucks and hey i got the dub but like i'm not getting any better right that win doesn't mean much but i can lose to somebody who's really good and it was a competitive match and it was back and forth and I got, I took the L, but I learned a lot. I think that's more valuable. So play to improve. So this is especially important when you're just starting a game or if you've plateaued, right? If you're plateaued after playing for a while, start trying to claim smaller victories, not the grand ones or not just the overall scoreboard one, small victories within the match. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to try in this match to be able to sidestep Death Fist. And if I can sidestep Death Fist, at least I'm getting better at that little specific interaction in the game. Or I'm going to try to instant block this string. And if I can instant block this string, at least I'll know how to deal with it a little bit better. Or I just want to punish this one move. Little small victories will go a long way in improving. So even though you'll see, look at the score... And you're like, man, I've been playing for 45 games and the score is 42 to 3 on their in their favor. It, I know it's a little demoralizing to see that, but take small victories. Be like, hey, I lost a bunch, but at least now I understand how to deal with this. Or at least now I know that my habit when waking up is doing that. So I got to improve on that. So reflect, right? Take a step back and be like, how do I improve instead of just how do I win? It's, I think it's important because understanding how you become better will come over time. And then once you become better, the wins will come without you even trying to. You'll just play the way you are or play the way you're used to. And it become muscle memory to just play solid, play educated style of, of gameplay, of knowing your character, knowing the other character. 
the wins will follow. So very important to, to play to improve, not to play to win all the time, right? Number seven, salt is okay in moderation. Just like real life, I think you want some salt. Salt, in a way, in fighting games and in, I mean, in any sort of competitive scope, it's emotion. It's fire, right? You want salt. And you want a bit of, you know, somebody to get you out of your chair and be like, God damn it, man. Like, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. So you want to use it as fuel to improve. But there's, you know, you, you don't want to use it as like a scapegoat to stagnate. Like that is a huge part of salt is like you want it to be able to kick you off to be like, all right, I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing because I'm getting frustrated. Let me try to not get frustrated. So I think that's what the salt should be there for. It's like a reminder of like, why am I salty? Because I'm losing. Why am I losing? Because I'm getting hit by this. How do I not get hit by this? So that's, uh, I think salt is important, but like people take it too far where they're not really reflecting on what they're doing. It's all about like, oh, that guy's mashing. That guy sucks. That guy, I'm losing to this guy and he doesn't know what he's doing. It's all him or all her. So you want to be able to like reflect being like, how do I become Zen, Nirvana and victorious? So yeah, salt is good in moderation. Number eight, take breaks. Sometimes it's just not clicking. This happens a lot to, I think, fighting games that play, fighting game players that play a lot of, of online sets, even if they go to locals. Sometimes it happens in tournaments. Sometimes, man, it's just not your day. Sometimes nothing will work. Mentally, you're not there. From a reactionary standpoint, you just can't do it. You're, you're missing your combos. You're missing your reads. It's just not your day. So I think taking breaks is, is pretty important because you can't always be on at all times. And I find that if you don't take, you know, fairly frequent breaks of, from playing, so you don't just kind of, you're not, your brain doesn't turn into mush, uh, and then you can refocus. I think you'll find yourself almost going into a burnout state. And then what happens there is you just don't learn. You develop bad habits and it's really unproductive. So take breaks when you need them because they'll, they'll come back around and they'll really, um, they'll really help you in the grand scheme of things. So uh, breaks are good. Number nine is diversification is good, but overload is not. So, this is an example of basically playing too many fighting games at once. You know, it can be fun because you're experimenting with a lot of different fighting games. But I found personally for me, what works, two fighting games at most. I can play two at a time and be fairly decent at both. So if it's uh, Melty Blood and soon to be Persona, then that means I can't dedicate as much time to them's fighting hurts, right? I'll just have to use my legacy skill that I've learned from the last couple of years, but I probably won't improve much more. Well, if I decide to put Melty Blood aside and I want it to be Killer Instinct, then I'll have to plateau in Melty Blood and then I'll get better at Killer Instinct while also playing Persona. So I found the two games personally for me is my limit to which games or like how much I want to improve at one time. I can do two games at a time. Some people can do three. 
And then you can have like other people who are like fighting game savants like Justin Wong. You can do 10, right? Like, so find the limit for you. So I think diversification is good because it allows you to think differently in different games. If you go from Melty Blood to Undernight, you're like, hey, this is kind of similar, but Undernight, you know, I can think a little bit more. It's a little slower, whereas Melty Blood is, is much faster. Going from Strive to whatever Samurai Showdown, you you kind of get a different feel, different reads, and I think playing one will also help you improve in the other and vice versa. So find that number of games that you can play at once without plateauing, without burning out, and uh, with continuously seeing improvement. For me, it's two. For you, it might be three, it might be four. And if it's one, then at least you know that you know you can play one for a really long time and then maybe put that down and then don't even think about that game. Go play another game and, and dedicate your time to that game. And then slowly but surely, you can use your legacy skill to jump back and forth. So, uh, yeah, I think diversification is good. Just don't overdo it. Number nine. Or sorry, number ten. Read the room. So time and place for everything. So this is just an example that I've learned that, you know, if you're if you're with your friends and you're just casually playing, it's okay to mess around. So if you want to taunt, you can taunt. If you want to, like, in Tekken, I know you can hit the body after they're done. Or if you want to use items, right, like, you can, you can goof around when you're in your friends and if the environment is casual and you just read and understand that the, the temperature of the room is like, hey, I can do this here because it's lighthearted. But if it's in a more, like, serious set or more of a, a like, a tournament-like environment, Try to keep it respectful. That's what I try to do. Um, I know some people have their antics and stuff, but I would say that if you're in more of a serious environment, uh, perhaps, you know, if they don't want you to swear, for example, you know, then don't swear. Uh, just try to s stay respectful. I've gone to, I remember one time, like I can't, I can't be like FGC personality when I go to like this little get together, which I did. Maybe this is like a couple of years now where they were playing Mortal Kombat and like I'm not very good at Mortal Kombat, but I can play just because I have somewhat fighting game fundamentals. But I can't go in there and be like, oh, bodied, free, you suck, you know, you got you to gotta learn neutral and you got to learn this. And like, I'm not going to do all that. Like, you know, time and space, I guess. Like, there's a, there's a time and not space, <laughs> time and place for everything, right? I'm not going to... Uh, go super hard depending on where I'm at if it's more casual and really that goes for like online communities as well like know who you're playing I think uh you know I, I I've actually gone with this uh back and forth with Pringle I'm not at a point where like if I'm playing somebody who's casual it could be at any game I don't need to prove myself anymore to be like oh I am so much better than you I am gonna beat you up every single time and I'm not going to make it fun for you to play. I don't really need to do that anymore. So, like, let's say if people are playing Strive and there's a bunch of casuals and I know I can beat them because I just uh, have more time played in Strive. I know what to do. I probably won't really do that if I just see that they're just trying to have fun and just mash and stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to all of a sudden knock them down and put uh, guitar note okey on them and then just mix them up and do it over and over again. Like, I'm not going to do that. But let's say if the guy or the girl, you know, they're being rude, I'm be like, all right, all right, 
time to get by. So just read the room. I think that's important. Number 11. Sometimes dude just got your number. And by dude, I mean dude could be man or woman. Like sometimes that person just, he's got you. You know, there will be sequences in fighting games that, you know, be it moments, be it whole rounds. It could be sometimes be entire sets where that person is just better better than you during that time. Like, doesn't mean that you're, you know, you should stop playing the game. But it also means that, hey, sometimes you could be like, hey, props, you, you were better. And I'll watch a lot of footage of, you know, especially like Persona, two really, really high-level players, and I'll see one player do something so high-level, like so good, so forward-thinking, and the other guy just counters it somehow. Like, he knew what that other guy was going to do, even though they were both playing at an 11 out of a 10 scale. Sometimes you just got to be like, hey, man, that was a good read. That was really good what you just did, even though, like, what I did was probably the right thing to do at that time. Sometimes, sometimes a person is just better. So give them their props, right? Like, no, I don't think... Good players sometimes get uh, props for how freaking good they are. So I'll give props when somebody does like something sick, even though it's against me. Like it's uh, it feels nice because I know I would like to hear that from the other person. So I try to make make sure to reciprocate. It's like, hey, somebody backdashed when I didn't expect them to backdash. I'm like, hey, yo, that was that was a nice read. That was good. That was well played. Well played. So. uh yeah, sometimes people just got your number. So you got to learn to hold that. But also, give them props. Why not? And here's the final one on this list. Number 12. This is something, obviously, I learned most recently with the transformation of Nirvana Mac. If you have nothing to say, nothing nice to say, sometimes it's better not to say anything at all. So, you know, I've started doing that with games I don't particularly like, right? I spoke about Blaze Blue, for example. Not my cup of tea, but I can still appreciate it in a, in a different form, like a spectator. Or even if I don't really like watching the game, you know, I can say, hey, this character looks cool, you know? Kokonoi has her little bike thing. I think uh, I like the fact that uh, Naoto's hard to execute with with a certain combos. I, I like uh, difficult combos in uh, fighting games. They're they're fun to, to mess around with. And, yeah. You know, the, but also you got to be real about it, right? Like, you know, just because you don't want to say anything rude doesn't mean you shouldn't be honest. So, for example, if somebody does something to whack in a fighting game, right, and I happen to lose to them, and they say, like, I am NGG, you know, I won't always say it back. I'll be like, yeah, you know, all right. You know, it doesn't have to be GG. You know, I don't, I'm not going to say, no, that wasn't a good game. But I'll be like, all right, yeah, fist bump. And then go on. It's just, it would be my way of being like, listen, I'd say GG if it was GG, but I don't want to say it wasn't a GG. Therefore, I'll just say head nod. Yeah. And that is it. That is it, ladies and gentlemen, for fighting game lessons made to you or brought to you by Max Bicelor slash Ford, FGC Hollywood. We're all one entity here at FGC Hollywood, which is really just me here in this room. But uh, yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. This is a weird podcast. I know. It's a weird episode this week. FGC Hollywood. Episode 45. But uh, we got one more segment before we get out of here. And that is, of course, you. Hollywood Mail. So, going to let this intro rock. Get some water. And I'll answer some of your questions. Round 3. Hollywood Mail. All right. Here we are. Final segment of the show. Hollywood Mail. 
We got uh, two questions this week. Both of them come by way of Patreon. Shoutouts to Patreon. And the first one comes from Mario Gear Solid. He asks, weird question, but looking to get back to locals as they are opening up and wanting to start playing a new fighting game, in quotations, Tekken, how good should I get before I decide to show up for the first time? This is a great question. And, you know, normally I would say, man, don't even worry about getting good. Like, that's not, shouldn't be a priority. Just go and have fun. And that is still valid, right? Like, I still think you could go with that and be like, hey, just just go play, man. Just go make some friends. Why not? This is FGC. But it depends what your goals are. If you want to go to the local and place, like if you want to have like a respectable performance, I would say perhaps learn the basics. And for Tekken, if you put in a good amount of time, you know, learning the basics online, learning your combos, learning how to defend, learning strings. I mean, one of the biggest things with Tekken specifically is that you have to learn how other characters play in order to efficiently counter them. And that just comes with time and experience. So I would say if if that is your goal and you actually want to do well, you got to develop your fundamentals, develop your offense, and then defense comes with time and preparation and and really understanding how to counter certain characters by playing against them, playing against them at different types of level, low level, intermediate, high level, and then knowing what they can do and knowing how your character can counter that. I would say within like three to four months of con- of just constant playing and and getting that experience, you should have a fairly decent understanding of what every character that you've encountered kind of likes to do and what their game plan is and what some of their natural strings are. So that's what I would say. But listen, if you're just looking to have fun, you should go yesterday because you'll always have fun. It doesn't matter. I think you'll find that unlike FGC Twitter, most people offline are super nice. Everybody's super nice. They're like, hey, we just came here for one single goal of just to have fun, talk about fighting games, just, you know, fist bump, chill, play some tech and throw some hands. And uh, at the end of the day, maybe there's a small little prize pot. So yeah, I just think if depends on what your goal is. If your goal is just to have fun, you don't have to be any good. Like I've entered tournaments where I didn't even know how to play the game and they were still fun. So uh, yeah, it just kind of depends. But uh, yeah, write back and see, uh, let let me know what what you end up doing because uh, I'm actually interested. If, uh, If you do end up waiting and trying to get good, I would say between, yeah, three to four months. But if you're you're just going to try to test the waters, that's good too. So uh, right back, Mario. Let me know how's that first local experience. I wish I could go back to a local, but the numbers here in uh, the St. Louis area are so high. Can't do it. Which, by the way, that kind of reminds me. You know, it's January. It's mid-January now. And I believe Combo Breaker 2022 is in May... I don't see what the difference is going to be between m- between mid-January to May. It's practically four months. I don't think Combo Breaker 2022 is a go for me, y'all. I just don't think I can do it. I mean, there's Omicron, and then there's Deltacron, and then there's going to be Zeocron. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. So I just can't, I can't risk it with, you know, all this COVID stuff. So we're just going to live with this thing forever. But speaking of Zeocron, Zeo writes on Patreon. Have you noticed how every single FGC community asks 
asks for rollback on their older or current games except for the Street Fighter people? Where are the cries for Ultra Street Fighter 4 rollback or for Capcom to fix Street Fighter 5 broken netcode? You hear them call the netcode shit, but not demand for it to be fixed. You know, I've seen some more rumblings lately of uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 rollback. Could have been just that one event hubs podcast because they had nothing else to write about Street Fighter 5. So, uh, yeah, you know what? That is true. I don't know why. Maybe because they're just kind of satisfied with the product that they have now with Street Fighter 5 that nobody really wants to go back to 4, even though it's a really fun game. Also, it could be that Street Fighter 4 was so long tenured. Like, you got to think about that game. That game was active un- until the end. Like, it had thousands of players playing it from practically 2009 to the tail end of 2015. So, well, really, the beginning of 2016, because Street Fighter 5 came out in February of 2016. So that game was active for like eight years, almost. And it it did really well. So maybe it's fatigue, right? But even though now it's 2022, so we've had six years removed from Street Fighter 4. I don't know. Maybe it's because everybody played it so much while it was active. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Capcom community and the Street Fighter community is, is different, right? They're built different, as the kids say. Not for the right reasons, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That is that is weird. Maybe because they know that Street Fighter will always have players, regardless of the type of netcode, whereas Blaze Blue won't, right? Melty Blood won't. Persona won't. So maybe it's just a confidence to know that, like, hey, Street Fighter can have absorbed netcode and it's still fine. I don't know. What I do know is it's time for the Hollywood character slash player review, which is basically what does your favorite character say about you? This week's submission comes from Xavier on Discord. His mail character list reads as such. Jack, Tekken 7. Armor King, Tekken. Yoshimitsu, Tekken. Hello, Tekkens. Potemkin, Guilty Gear, Voldo, Soul Calibur. That's, a, that's quite the list. So Jack, Armor King, Yoshimitsu, Potemkin, Voldo. Hmm. So, you know, the only thing I could pick up on with all of those characters is that you like metallic armor in your fighting game characters. Although Voldo is a bit of an outlier there because he has metallic armor, but it's not as sturdy as the rest of those guys. And he doesn't wear a lot of it because he's a weirdo. <laughs> but uh, it is metal, right? It's still metal. What does that mean? Does that mean you want to be... Here's a here's Psych Mac, right? Psychology Mac? Psychology Corner of Hollywood? Does that mean you want to be protected, right? Are you scared of being vulnerable, Xavier? Is that what's happening? So you need this heavy armor to keep those feelings tucked inside, huh? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's obviously just, uh, just a dumb take. Uh, you probably just like cool metallic armor. I would assume maybe maybe that's what uh, what your thing is. Uh, at least that's that would be my guess. Those are interesting characters. Very tech and heavy, but I respect it. For females, uh, the list reads as such: Xiaoyu Tekken, which by the way, this is the second person that's to say Xiaoyu. Kunimitsu Tekken, Ino Guilty Gear, Abba Guilty Gear, and there's a note here for Abba. Uh, I haven't played much plus R. I just think Abba and her key are a cool duo. Cool. 
And uh, lastly is Taki from Soul Calibur. So reading the list again is Shaoyu, Kunimitsu, Ino, Abba, and Taki. Hmm. This is a uh, man. I don't. I don't do very good with the female character. Like, I, I, it's really hard to read. Like, why do people play certain female characters? I mean, I'm looking at this list. So Shaoyu and Abba are like outliers. But if you look at Kunimitsu, Ino, and Taki, those are all characters from a personality standpoint that don't take any shit from anybody. Right? They're very they're, they're like type A personalities. But Abba. I believe is fairly reserved. She's like really she's really shy, right? She's a shy girl. And Xiaoyu is really innocent, right? She's like pretty naive, all things considered. So I would say maybe like so the psychological take here, right? Psych Mac. I'll say if this is speaking to you more so as a person, maybe you're more reserved in some aspects of your life, but also extremely confident. And determined in others. But from a fighting game standpoint, you probably just like different characteristics. You know, they all have. So, like Shayu's innocence, Kunimitsu's mysterious nature, Ino's vulgarness, right? Um, like I said, Ab- Abba's shyness and Taki's honor, right? She's pretty honorable, right? She's an honorable ninja. So, yeah, those are. Let me know how I did. If I if I was on the on the ball with any of those takes of mine, it was a cool list. Obviously, I really like Eno. She's my favorite Guilty Gear character, and uh, he also has Potemkin in there, which I also like. And Armor King is cool. I like I like Jack. Those are some good characters. I'm not a Voldo guy. I gotta be honest. Not a not a fan. Kunimuni. I love Kunimitsu. She's sick. Not the new one. Not Kunimitsu two. I like the old one. Kunimitsu one. The mom. She's sick. But, uh, yeah, that is pretty much it. Now we're all left, we're just left with uh, the Dirk feature of the week. Who gets this collar? Nobody. Nobody gets a collar because nothing happened this week. So nobody gets my, my Dirk collar. He was such a good boy. I miss him every day. But none of you have earned his collar this week, so shame on y'all for having a slow week. Nothing happened. So, what do we miss? Here's some of the news that we missed. Uh, so Street Fighter will celebrate its 35th anniversary in August of 2022. And recently they teased a new logo and future development, which obviously is Street Fighter 6. By the way, Capcom needs to make uh, another non-Street Fighter fighting game. I think that would really help the FGC. Uh, there's an unsubstantiated rumor that uh, one of the development studios... One of the sorry, I can't talk. One of the development studios owned by Bandai Namco is the one targeted to work on the new installment of Killer Instinct. I don't know how true that is. It's just uh, just a rumor. People are taking it and running with it, which you know I don't really like doing. I've heard rumblings of a new Killer Instinct, but for all I know, Microsoft doesn't even have a, have a, uh, a budget for it yet. So uh, to say that they have a studio targeted, I don't know. I don't know about that. And Bandai Namco would be a, a weird pick to me. Like, I don't know why they would want one of Bandai Namco's studios to do it. I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and lastly, KOF 15 Omega Edition, the collector's edition, uh, is going to be available to North America as well. So pre-orders for that will start soon, I'm assuming, on Amazon. So uh, take a look at it. That, that's the uh, collector's edition with the lithographs. 
and the soundtrack and the DLC season one DLC or the the two character pack DLC whatever um, all combined together for KOF 15 I believe it's not you're not going to be able to get a steam code with that uh, Omega edition or, or KOF 15 collector's edition you'll you'll either have to get it for Xbox one or PlayStation 5 or Xbox series X and PlayStation 5 so yeah um, that's pretty much it that's all we missed this week on the horizon I don't know man I hope we get something happening on the horizon except for uh, dumb rumors and you know some legit news because there really wasn't anything to talk about uh, I don't know if Pringle was here I'm sure we could have stressed this podcast a little bit more but he's not so it's just me in a basement in St. Louis soon to actually have good internet man please i need the apartment gods to shine their light on me and just show me the way show me where the good apartments are so i can get fiber internet and do stuff man it's tough it's tough out here in the basements of st louis anyway y'all that's all i got for fgc hollywood a fighting game podcast episode 45 not 44 i'll be back next week i listen i don't know i might record on thursday i might record on friday you know, you might never ever see me again. I don't know what's happening, but uh, no, I'll try. I'll try to come back. Um, I don't know what I'll do with the schedule for now. I'll probably just record towards the end of the week. I think once I move and I have better internet and I can kind of structure the show a little bit better, I'll uh, I'll move to that record Wednesday up Thursday schedule. But until then, I'll probably keep it to like Friday, Saturday. So. I apologize for the inconvenience and you never knowing when a new show is out. But uh, yeah, it's uh, just bear with me. A couple more months, hopefully. And uh, the show should stabilize. The content should stabilize. And uh, good things, I think, are to come from FGC Hollywood, the Nirvana chapter. And you know what to do. Until next time, keep it classy. Play some Persona. And I'll see you all later. Peace.